Good. It's all good. John, John chapter 13, 1. I don't know. I, I, I tell you what, the more you get around Jesus Christ, you just, people who don't know him, they really don't know him. I mean, it's, a, it's the craziest thing in the world. You can't produce him like right here, but boy, they see him on your face. And you can talk to people for a couple minutes and tell where they're at with the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and they don't see it. They think, they think, oh, I'm just like you. No, you're not. Uh, I'm not arrogant. I'm not a pig. I'm not, I'm not somebody who thinks, I just know Jesus. I've been around him for 43 years. I've watched him do some things for 43 years. I've watched him beat me up for 43 years. I've watched him pick me up for 43 years. Uh, I'll tell you what, it's just a great Lord we serve. Uh, and he's always trying to get you to change. Uh, he, he suckers you in to start with. And he says, oh, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And you do that and you think, oh, man, that's it. No, no, no. That's just the beginning. That's just the beginning. And really, when you get through the thing, you're sitting there going, Lord, Lord, uh, why did you choose us? We're just such a mess. Uh, and, and he shows you that. He, you know why he chose his 12 disciples? To show you you're no better than they are and they're no better than you. Amen. Man, it's a blessing, man. I like it. John 13, 1. You've heard this story before. Dr. Peacock's preached these messages before. Uh, 13, 1, it says, now before, 13, 1, it says, now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, uh, that he should depart out of the, this world unto the Father, having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And, and supper being ended, uh, the devil now, having now put in the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus knowing that the Father hath given all things into his hand, and that he was come from God and went to God, he riseth from supper, laid, laid aside his garments, took, and took uh, a towel and girded himself, and uh, after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wash them with a towel wherewith he, uh, wherewith he was girded. Then cometh uh, he to Simon Peter, good old Simon Peter, uh, and saith unto him, Lord, uh, does that, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do uh, thou knowest not uh, now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, uh, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but, uh, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said unto him, He that is washed needeth not to be uh, saved to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. Uh, ye are clean, but not all. Father, again, thank you for your blessings this morning. Thank you for everybody who showed up. Uh, Lord, just blessing to be able to come to church on Sunday morning. Uh, and Lord, just to be in the house and he listens to them singing. And, and Lord, uh, you are the greatest uh, thing that ever happened to us on this planet. Uh, this planet has not ever known anything greater than you. And Lord, one of these days you're going to come back and you're going to solve all the problems that, that this world has. And Lord, I can't wait for that day to happen. Lord, bless this morning. Uh, bless the other churches out there this morning preaching the gospel. We'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. It's a good story. You may be seated. Uh, Peter, Peter is sitting here and the Lord's... Uh, uh, showing them something. And brother, you know, you got to get to the place where you realize who you are, what you are. 
Uh, what, what, you don't think like Jesus thinks, so don't ever think you do. Uh, there's always room for improvement, and, and we get our old nature, and men are really bad about that because you get your old nature in there real quick, and your you, you ruffles up, and then your old, old life comes back into things, and you say things you probably shouldn't say. I do all the time, man. I have to apologize to Beth. I've been apologizing to her for 43 years. I don't know why she still loves me. I don't know why she even cares about me. But I'm telling you what, she cares. It marvels me that she does, and she does the things for me she does. Uh, and after the way I treat her and the way, and it marvels me that the Lord still loves me after 43 years of doing the things to him that I've done to him. It just marvels me. It just marvels. Here he's sitting here, he's got 12 disciples, and one of them is the devil. Judas Iscariot is, is a devil. He's, 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 got the, he's about as full as the devil as you possibly can get, and the Lord knew that. Do you not know that he knows everybody you're ever going to talk to in your life? And he knows all the devils. He knows if you're a devil. <laughs> I'm telling you, brother, he knows the whole thing. You can't hide a single thing from him. Well, you can hide it from me, and it doesn't matter, but you can't hide it from the Lord Jesus Christ. You just can't do it. He's aware of everything that happens in your life, and, and he, a lot of times he plans that stuff, and he brings it in and out. But what's wrong with us is we don't get the picture because we're still human. And the Lord has to some down, sometimes bring that thing in. Take your Bibles, go to Ephesians. Real, I want to read a couple of verses over in Ephesians. I read through this passage yesterday, and when I came across uh, Judas Iscariot being a devil, I thought, man, I said, here he is washing the feet of the 12 disciples, and he's washing the devil's feet. I'd like to ask you a question. Would you wash the devil's feet? There's always a chance. You know what our problem is, is we don't want to do that. We don't want to bow down. Now, see, there's churches out there that actually wash your feet. That is not what he intended. Now, way back in the, New Te or in the Old Testament, uh, the, the children of Israel murmured. They always murmured. I mean, they sound like us. Murmur, 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 murmur. You'd think they'd quit murmuring, and then they'd get beat up and banged up. 24,000, 30,000 of them die, whatever. And they murmur, 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 murmur. Dathan and Abiram turn against Moses. God opens up the dirt. Moses had no part of that at all. He just said, let the ground open up, and it opened up. That was God that did that, by the way. He opened up the whole ground, swallowed them all up, and then covered them up. And the next day, they get mad at Moses and said, you killed God's people. I don't know. I mean, you're as stupid as the Egyptians going through the Red Sea when it was opened up by God. Why would you fight with God? I mean, when God showed, how can we be so arrogant and so proud and boastful that we think we know everything when God shows us something as great as that and we still turn against him. He had a, so, so they got murmuring and murmuring and murmuring. Like I said, they just keep murmuring and they never quit murmuring. Every time I read my Old Testament, I said, you think they would learn. It would be nice if there was, this was a, a book that was a progressive that it would change as you read it. And eventually they would get the idea and quit doing it and, the, and you'd have some stories that change, but they don't always change. They stay the same. They'd get bit by snakes. They were murmuring, so they got bit by snakes. And then he said, take a serpent, put it on a pole. If you go over John chapter, as a, as a, even as a serpent on a pole. He talks about Jesus Christ being that serpent. But he said, put a serpent on the pole. That's where the doctors get their thing. But put a serpent on the pole. And when you look at that, if you got bit by a snake, he said, you'll live. It's a pole with a brass serpent on it. They start worshiping the serpent. See, so many times, like foot washing... So, so many times God will give us something, and we think if we just do it, it'll work. No, it's not. You, you miss the meaning. There's a meaning behind what God does. 
The, the, the meaning of the pole is you're going to stick your head out your door. You got bit by a snake. You're swelling up. You're getting ready to die. And I'm going to give you an option. And if you look at this serpent I put on the pole, uh, I'm going to save your hide. That's what that means. That's all that means. You did what I told you to do, and I'm going to do what I told you I was going to do. That's it. We, we attach religious significance to a item, and pretty soon they start worshiping that thing, and later on they had to destroy it because of what they did. That's what we do. We, we do some of the stupid things. So then you read your Bible, and you think, if I just do this, 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 I'm okay. You know what this, 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 this is to get you to know Jesus Christ. That's what it's there for. It isn't there so you, you cannot do all the things it says do. It's there to show you you can't do all the things that it says do, and you need him so you don't have to do them. He's already done them. Well, well, they think it's swallowed up. Uh, that happens there. And right here, people take foot washing, and they'll say, we foot wash. Well, we ain't going to foot wash here, so you ain't gonna, I ain't going to wash your stinking No, I probably would. I mean, if you really need your feet washed, I would, I would help you. Maybe. Maybe. I, I would get you a bucket of water anyways. <laughs> but that's not what he's trying to say here. That, that has nothing to do with it. It's an attitude. You know what's wrong with those 12 disciples? I can understand the devil's attitude. He was probably all excited, man. Look at that. Judas was probably all, he's washing my feet. I'm really something. The other, the other 11 thought, well, he didn't wa- He washed their feet first. Why didn't he wash mine first? Then Peter comes up and says, if you ain't going to wash my feet, my feet ain't good enough for you to... That's what he said. None of them had the idea, and most of us don't have the idea either. Brother, when you come and you mention Jesus Christ's name, uh, Mary called him Lord. Man, he's the Lord. He's the Lord Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords. God, the one who made the universe, <laughs> all the atoms, everything. He makes everything, man. It just boggles my mind. I, I, I understand how electrons flow. I understand trons. I see that electron flowing. I used to be able to see that thing flowing through a circuit, and I could sit there and stop, see where it stopped. And I said, that thing right there, that MOSFET or FET or, or the, the, the tube or the transistor, diode, resistor, whatever it was, I said, that's what's stopping it right there, man. And you replace that thing and it lets it flow on through and everything starts working again. You say, how'd you do that? I just see what God did. He opened my mind to something he already had done. He made that thing. Every single thing he makes, and we're sitting there trying to compare ourselves to him or act like we know more than him, and he's give us a book. And it, brethren, that's all you need. You don't need another thing on this planet. This right here is it. Outside of this, everything is a lie out on this planet. If it doesn't match up to this thing, it's a lie. And if you're not using this to guide and direct, you're living a lie. You're living a lie. That's what it is. You know what's wrong with his 11 disciples? The one we already know is living a lie. They're blind and they refuse to see. Ephesians 4.17. Let me get there myself. I was sitting there reading through here, and I, I was like, man, I said, this is the strangest. As I was reading that thing, I said, Lord, I said, you know what? You love us beyond. I don't see how you love us. 417. It says, I say, therefore, and testify, this is Paul talking in the Lord, that ye henceforth not walk as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their minds. He said, you should be growing past some things in life. You should be moving on past some things. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them. People say, well, I don't like you when you call me an ignorant moron. (laughs) Jesus called you ignorant. He might not say moron, but he would have if the word was back there. (laughs) It would have been right there, man. If he could change it, if he could do it today, he'd say God through the ignorant moron that is in them. No, Uh, because of the blindness that's in their heart. 
He said, your heart, your heart is what's blind. It's not, you're not listening. He said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Have you ever listened to what comes out of your mouth? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. When it comes out of his mouth, man, you got to listen. You ought to listen. He gave you two ears where you can hear that thing in stereo. Whoa, look at that. Ah, I can't believe I just said that. You know what that's telling you? The condition of your heart. And that thing is laying there out in front of you, verse, down to verse 25. He says, well, for, wherefore, putting away lying. You know, now here you go. What you do is you try to straighten some things up in your life. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man the truth with his neighbor. For we are all members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Uh, let not the sun go down on your wrath. Why? Because he says, neither give place to the devil. Don't give the devil even an opportunity to get in your life. Don't even let him there. Uh, let him that still, still no more, but rather let him labor. So you ought to go out and get a job. Working with his hands, uh, the, uh, working with his hands the things which is good, that he may have to give to them that needeth. Now see, you may say, oh, all he talks about money. I'm telling you right now, that's why you work. You work to take care of your family and, and help other people. That's what you work for. If you don't do that, you know what happened? You're missing something. You're missing something. But do whatever you want to do. Uh, let no corrupt, corrupt communications proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. If it's not going to bless somebody in what you say, shut your mouth. Man, I tell you what, I get mad all the time. I get mad. You start messing with this church or people in this church, and I get ticked off. I just get ticked off. Uh, I mean, I could get mad. I probably get too mad. Uh, but boy, if I, was, if I had a spear and I was Phineas, you better watch out, man, because I'd be running you through with a spear. But we can't do that because then I go to jail. I mean, I like the Bible. I'm a literalist, man. I think, I like Phineas, man. He chased him down. You bring your filthy, stinking sin right out in front of everybody and think it's okay to spring it out there. Phineas said, no way, man. You know, God bless him for eternity. I'm like, yeah, man. I said, Lord, I wish I wasn't a Gentile as a Jew and that law still applied, man. We could go out and javelin everybody. <laughs> but, but you say, what? what's wrong? We have softened up. Anyways, I better get back to this. Uh, Beth told me I had to be done early. So I got to be done by at least two. Uh, and grieve, uh, he goes, uh, let no corrupt communications proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Brethren, you know what? We, we're, we're at a place in life anymore where we don't care about, we just care about ourselves or our small groups, and, and we don't care about anybody around us or what we're hearing or what we're saying uh, or what we're doing to anybody else. We don't care anymore. We've lost that. The Laodicean church, we're just messed up. Verse 30, and grieve not the Holy Spirit, of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away with you with the malice, with all malice. This is the verse that just blew out of my mind when I was reading over there in John. We're going to go right back there. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Father, again, thank you for your blessings. Bless the message, and Lord, we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Go back to John. The hardest thing to learn in a Christian life is to serve others. Uh, Jesus Christ had 11 disciples sitting there. One, one was just serving his own flesh, and he turned himself over to the devil, and the devil took him, and away he went. Uh, and he, he had every opportunity. He was with Jesus Christ for three and a half years. He had every opportunity uh, to get that thing right, and he just didn't. Some people just will never do that. Uh, Jesus is about to give the perfect demonstration 
of what I just read there in that verse. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted. Uh, the hardest thing for a man to do is be tenderhearted. Uh, we think it's, it's uh, uh, effeminate to be tenderhearted, and that's not true. Uh, a, real man, a real man can show his tenderness easy. Uh, a real man, Putin is not a real man. I don't think he's a real man. Uh, and what he's doing to innocent people, he's not a... Now, I'm not saying Ukraine is innocent. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that Ukraine's got as many problems. I don't know what's going on in Ukraine. I don't know what's going on in Russia. I don't know if the Ukrainians deserve what he's doing. I don't know if Russia is over. I, I don't know. I just know what... I don't trust my government. I don't trust nobody out there. You know what? I trust what's right in front of me. Uh, I was sitting there reading yesterday or listening... <laughs> And uh, Korea is 98% or 93 or 4% fully vaccinated, and, and they got the biggest outbreak of COVID over there. All the doctors are coming out saying the COVID virus is doing you no good. The pharmaceuticals are saying we're going to get the fourth booster out there, and we're looking for a approval so we can give you the fourth. The pharmaceuticals is telling me why they're selling the product. Why would I trust somebody who's selling the product to tell me I need the product? Anybody in here want to get an Amway? I'll hook you up, man. <laughs> I'm selling Amway. If I could just get you all in my pyramid. <laughs> That's what they do. They try to, they sit there and, and, oh, it's just insane stuff. You can't trust any of them people. You know what I've learned to do is trust the Lord. Amen, Lord. I, I like it, man. I like it. I like trusting the Lord. The table was set, man. The last supper, we're at the last supper. You hear the Catholic church, it was all the last supper. And they'll have, they'll have everybody on one side of the table. I don't know who was on the other side. But everybody's always on this side, and maybe it's just a photo op. And, and John is, is, well, actually, they got Mary leaning on the breast of Jesus, Michelangelo does, but it's, Mary wasn't even in the room. John is sitting there leaning, and Peter is sitting there trying to get John to ask. But they're all on one side of the table. I guess that's room for the servants to serve on the other side to everybody on this side. You know, usually a table's got people all the way around it, but, but not Michelangelo's picture, so you, you're not going to get that there. But the table was set, and they had dinner, and Jesus is sitting there looking at his disciples. Said, you poor, 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 ignorant people. I'm getting ready to head out of Dodge. And I'm going home. And I'm going to leave you here. And you still ain't got it. I've been with you for three and a half years. And you still ain't got it. If they haven't, you know why I went to Bible college? I told them, it's because for three and a half years, Jesus walked this earth. I said, I owe him. And I was 33. You know, I believe in tithing. You might not believe in tithing. I think you should tithe everything you got. I tithe my life. I was 30 years old, and I said, I owe him 10% of my life. That's three years. The Bible Baptist Church in Pensacola, Florida, was three years long. That's my tithe. I tithed my flesh. You say, why would you do that? I don't know. It worked. <laughs> He gave me a set of orders, man. I'm sitting in, in uh, stinking Spain over there calling the detailer. The guy gives me a set of orders for three years to Pensacola, Florida. God honored the thing. Amen. Have you ever had God honor something you did? The Lord Jesus Christ honor something you do stupidly? I don't think that was really stupidly. <laughs> well, I think me going to Bible college probably was. <laughs> There's some smart people down there, man. There's some real smart people. The table said dinner was served. Everybody got through eating. And once dinner was over, the Lord started to warn his disciples that I'm getting ready to leave. And the one that betrayed him, is, he goes, one, one of you that betrays me is right at the table. And I, always, I, I really had read over the story plenty of times before and never really thought too much about it. But sitting at that table is Judas Iscariot. And the Lord takes his garments off 
It says he, he, he just sits there and he, he undresses himself the way he did or however he did it and, and puts everything aside so he just looks like a regular servant. He doesn't look like God, uh, Jesus Christ, like they knew him. And, and he gets a basin of water and he starts right down there. You know, he might have went to the devil first and looked him right in the eye. And I said, I'm going to wash your feet. You know, the only one complaining about him washing feet was Peter. So that goes to show you the devil never even cared. He says, I got him. You know, he just he desires that worship. They just desire, desire the stuff. Luke 22, 21. You don't have to turn there for sake of time, but it says, uh, it's, it's, it's another account of the last suffering. It says, but, but behold, the hand of him that betrayeth me is with me on the table. And truly the Son of Man goeth, it, is, it is deter- was determined, but woe unto him that man by whom he is betrayed. And they begin to inquire amongst themselves which of them it was that should do this thing. Now, I guess that would be, uh, you would think that. I mean, he brings us out and says, somebody's going to betray me. And they're all looking and said, well, we've been with each other for three and a half years. They still couldn't even tell that the devil was Judas. The Lord knew exactly what it was. But the 12 decided, you would think they would be the most spiritual people on the face of this planet. And Judas is scary. The devil is sitting right with them. And they still haven't figured that thing. You thought they would say, the Bible would say, and everybody knew it was Judas. No, they didn't. And the Lord sat there and did it. And he goes, and verse 24, 22, 24 says, and there was also strife among them. Which of them should be accounted the greatest? Here's Jesus Christ just been with them for three and a half years. And in a body of believers, they're still trying to figure out who's greater than the other. And they've missed the whole thing. Have you ever realized what you're here for? You're here to be a servant. You're not here to be a great anything. If the Lord wants you to be a great anything, guess what? He'll make you a great something. Have you ever thought that, you know, he's here recently is like discipleship. I've got a couple of people I'm working with, and, and the Lord keeps putting them in. I mentioned my friend that I got to run across. That's a blessing the other day. You miss, you miss the small things. If you miss them, you miss them. I don't know how to help you with that. I'm sitting here praying about something, and the first I hear about it, and I start praying. I'm, I mean, it hurts my heart. I go home and tell my wife, and it hurts her heart, and... And uh, we start, both start praying the same thing, I'm, I'm assuming, because, I mean, her was in, in agreement on the thing. And I ran into that guy Thursday out at the uh, base, and I sit there and looked at him, and typically if I'd have run into him before, we'd have been fighting like cats and dogs, or we'd just uh, uh, abstained from all appearances of evil. We'd have stayed away from each other. And as soon as I turned around, I mean, you couldn't, there he is right there. And the Lord's going, what, you've been praying for him, what are you going to do? <laughs> I'm like, I said, brother, how you doing? He goes, I'm doing okay, I'm doing okay. And we talked for about two minutes. That's about all the time the Lord gave us because otherwise something else might have happened. And he had to go to his doctor and I had to go to my doctor. And, and uh, we talked and he said, hey, brother, can we go out and have breakfast or lunch or coffee sometime? I said, sure, man. You know, sometimes people just need a helping hand. Amen. Have you ever thought about that? Sometimes God, the Lord tries to warn us that somebody needs a helping hand and he tries to do it before you ever get in their presence. But you're too hard-hearted to hear him because you think you know what you're doing. And if his disciples didn't, you don't, nor do I. You know what I've learned over the 43 years? Is boy, when that thought comes on, you better start thinking, hey man, you could be just like him. You know what, I, I used to pray all the time and said, oh God, I tell people, I said, look man, if you ever fall, I'm, I'm there to help you up. They say, why would you do that? Because one of these days I might fall and they might have to help me up. You know, what comes around goes around, goes around, comes around, whatever it is. 
And one of these days, the Lord's sitting here trying to tell them something. They just don't get it. There are over, here, watch this. You're so, you're brainwashed that you need to be served. By the time you've been in church for 25, 30, 40 years, you think it's all about you. You've been lied to. Just like the pharmaceuticals, just like our government, just like the Russians, just like the Ukrainians, the Croatians, anybody else out there. Just like the one sitting next to you, probably. You've been lied to. It's not about you. You aren't here to be served. You're here to serve. There are over, why? You say, why? There is over one million restaurants in the United States. Like, you really need, man. I'm on a diet starting tomorrow. Y'all pray for me. <laughs> 140 days. It's worse than Noah's Ark. <laughs> I'm going to do it, though, man. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do exactly what they said. And my wife has only got 10 weeks. I, I, she, only, she only got, uh, what is it, 70 days. That ain't right. Uh, but she only loses. She said, well, if you didn't get so fat, you wouldn't have the problem. <sighs> my wife treats me just like that. <laughs> and she's right, but there's over 1 million restaurants. You know why there's an overweight problem in America? Because you're used to being served. You know what ticks me off? On the, I get ticked off about a lot of stuff. Is to go into a restaurant, and then you get mad because it didn't come exactly like you wanted it. You know what else ticks me off is when I'm in there with my wife and she makes me give them 20%. I'm like, 20%? I mean, she'd probably give them double if I could, if I'd let her. But you know what? You're, we're trained a million restaurants. I mean, every time you turn around, you're going to a restaurant. If we take somebody out on a date, we think we should take them out to a restaurant. Why? That's what your brain wants, to be served. Hey, why don't you just cook her dinner, man? Why don't you get, guys, why don't you just step up to the plate, man, go out and buy some steaks and stuff and cook your wife dinner, man? I do Beth all the time. I cook breakfast. She told the lady the other day, she says, Mike usually cooks breakfast, lunch, and dinner. She goes, what do you do? Snacks. <laughs> I open the box. I'm joking, man. Beth does a lot of cooking. There are over 1 million restaurants in the United States. That means you're in there. All, there's only 360 million people. And there's a million restaurants, so you can hit one, one every for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and not hit them all. Uh, there, there are over 7,156 7, hospitals in the United States. And everybody runs a hospital every five minutes to be served. I'm sick, I'm sick, my nose is running. <laughs> uh, and you run right to the hospital, the emergency room. Then you complain because the bill comes in and you got to pay the, the bill for the emergency room. Why'd you go to the emergency room? Well, because I got to go, and they got to take care of my mom. Oh, she'll go, she'll call an ambulance, and she'll, they'll take her to the hospital. She'll sit there for 45 minutes, and because they will not serve her like at a restaurant, and they're there in her room just babying and pampering her, she gets up and walks out. <laughs> then she gets the bill, and then she gets mad because they're charging her for the ambulance, and I said, Mom, that's the, that's the deal, man. You're just service. There is an innumerable amount of government offices in the United States, and you wonder why nothing ever gets done. <laughs> Everything's broke all the time. You wonder why? I like Putin, man. I think it's funny. Every article I'm reading, he's really hurting right now uh, because his whole military is busted. And uh, so from him down, he was told everything works, and we're going to go take Ukraine like that. And come to find out half and 90% of the stuff he has is broke and don't work, and, he, and the generals are stealing all the money. That sounds like Pelosi. No. <laughs> we got a few more checks and balances there, but not a whole lot more. 
brother, I'll tell you what, I've been on them ships out there, and I'd go on a ship and go to work, and I'm like, this thing is broke, man. <laughs> Everything's broke. I'm like, how can everything be broke, man? And, and it's just, it is. They don't, the money goes, I don't know where it goes. You know, what it's the way that set the thing up because at the end of the day, they, they say the fiscal year ends in September, August, September. So they won't spend any money till August or September because they just want to make sure they have enough money in case anything happens bad. And then at the end of August, September, they got to get rid of all the money. Otherwise, they won't get it back next year. So then you buy all new couches and chairs and all this other stuff, throw everything else away. That's perfectly fine. Brother, I'll tell you what, your government is wasteful. And we trust it. There's something more here going on with him washing their feet than just washing their feet. And the disciples don't get it. There's something more about church and Christianity than what you get. You just, you're missing the thing. Brother and servant, I've been doing this for 43 years. I'll tell you what, I'm getting tired. Some, I get tired. I've actively served Jesus Christ for 43 years. You say, oh, that... No, no, no. Actively served Jesus Christ. That means I spent time helping people for 43 years. Now, I don't know about you, but after a while, you try to help people, and they're, I'll use the word, they're ignorant. <laughs> That's God's word. You get tired of this. You know what I've noticed in 43 years? That everybody's the same. A baby Christian is a baby Christian 43 years ago, acts the same as a baby Christian today, except they got more toys to play with. That's the only difference. They're still the same. You know what's wrong with most people is you don't play with people. I played with them for 43 years. I've lived with them on ships for 15, 14 years and around them, 1,000 men. You ought to be around 1,000 men that are a bunch of babies and try to help them. I mean, try to help them and find it. I can understand exactly where Jesus Christ is coming from here. He's got 12 disciples. One's a devil. God to throw him out. The other 11, you would think they'd have some sense. Not a bit. They're sitting there letting him wash their feet, complaining about who's the greatest. How can Christians be in the... You know what's wrong why most people don't come to church? It's because we're all fighting like cats and dogs. We'd sit there, I'm better than you. You're better than, no. You think you're better than not. No, we don't. Do you realize in a, on a ship, man, I had a guy on a ship, uh, Joe Matthews. Y'all, some of y'all probably know who he is. He came on the ship as an E4, just like most people do. They come right out of school as E4 gets signed to the ship and comes on. He thought he knew everything. He was God's gift to the United States Navy. There was 480-something people on that ship. They called me, no, no, that was the Ponce, there was, there was 500. They called me up in the officer's quarters, and they said, you better do something about that kid, because everybody on the ship wants to kill him. Because he was telling the engineer how to run the, the engineering area. He was telling the whole text how to, how to fix all the pipes and everything else. He, he wanted to go up and tell the captain how to drive ship. I mean, he, I said, I had, I had to rein this kid in, man. They were going to kill him. I mean, they were going to kill haul him. They were really going to throw him over the side, but they weren't going to attach a rope to him to drag him under. They were just going to throw him over the side. He would have been gone. I'm telling you, that stuff happens out there from time to time. He would have just disappeared. You know why? Because he thought he knew everything. I pulled him off the side and said, brother, you don't know nothing. Do you understand you know nothing? When I walked on the ship, I trusted the captain. 
because it was, I didn't have to like him. I didn't say I had to like him. I trusted him. He did not achieve that position. There's a whole group of admirals and everybody out there that gives him a ship that says we can trust that man with this ship and with the people and the material that's on this ship. I trusted that captain. That captain chose his XO. I trusted the XO. I never went up and argued with these guys. I just did what they said do. You just do what they tell you to do, and then you just you get through the thing. You know what's wrong with most people is they never listen to the... I like the captain. He kicked me out of his office one day. He met me out there on the flight deck, and he goes, you played my game. He said, and he was, all, he was busting out laughing. He said, you knew exactly what I was doing, and you were playing my game. He goes, in, in, you, say, you knew I was going to yell at that kid, and you, you took the wind out of my sails right there in my office. You took the wind out of my sails. And he goes, I almost busted out laughing right in your face, man. He goes, I had to run you out of there before I started laughing. It would have messed the whole thing up. I knew what he was doing. I already knew that. You know why? Because I watched the guy, I realized, hey, you know what most people do? They don't look at Jesus Christ and understand who he is. He was a servant, the greatest servant you'll ever know. You wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. He served you. But now he's king of kings and lord of lords. John 13, 13 says, you call me master. And the Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. He knew exactly who he was. He says, if ye then, uh, if, if I then your Lord, if, if, I, if I then your Lord and master have washed your feet, ye ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example. You know what he was doing? He was trying to teach him. He said, look, your job is to help each other. And sometimes it's not necessarily just washing. It's helping them. You know what most people need? They just need a hand. They need a hand to pick them up and help them up. I've seen people, you try to help them up and they pull you down. Well, then have two or three other people holding you back while you're trying to get that sucker up. Or get down there on the ground and push them up. You know, you can push them up a lot faster. You can pull them up. Get up underneath of them and lift them up, man. The two of you get together. But don't let them drag you into this filth. There's the thing. Jesus never let the world drag him in. You know what he did? He picked 12 disciples. One of them was the devil. He knew exactly who the devil was. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither is he uh, that is uh, sent greater than him that the, he that sent him. If you know these things, happier are ye if you do them. I don't know about you, but I tell you what, for 43 years, I've been a happy camper. I, I am just excited. I'm elated. I've done this for 43 years. I don't regret one thing I've ever done. Uh, I enjoy it. I've watched just like that thing out at the, the, the VA the other day. I've watched that happen time and time and time and time again. Uh, and people say, what, what is that? That's God. That's God warning you about something. That's God trying to get you to see that, hey, there's a brother or sister out there that needs something. And you might be the one that be able to give it to them. And you might just have to wash their feet. I'm not talking about literally washing their feet. You just might have to put up with some dirt in their lives so that you can get to the, the root thing and help them. Just like he helped you and me. Brother, we forget that thing. You know what the disciples' problem was? They never realized that they had a responsibility to serve. I'm a servant. I am nothing more than a servant. I wish, man, I tell you what, I, I'd love to be just in the church. Man, I pastor tell me to go clean the toilet. I go clean it, man. As a matter of fact, I take the toilet up. I'd clean four under the toilet. And then I'd put the toilet back down. You say, what? I would do, man, I tell you what, when he, you sit on that toilet, you say, that's the best toilet in this whole wide world. 
There'd be people coming in that door and say, man, if you sit on that toilet, he goes, no, I sit on the other one. It's just like that one, man. I mean, I would do, I would sit, you sit down and music would start playing. <laughs> Modify that thing, man. Make it better. <laughs> I mean, you sit there, I, I tell you, everybody says, oh, I don't want to go clean a toilet. For Jesus, I'll do anything. Why? What does it matter, man? If, he, if it makes him happy, who cares? <laughs> we just messed the thing up, man. John 13, 3 says, Jesus, knowing that his father had given all things into his hand, everything, I mean, it all is his, everything. The devil's sitting there, it's mine anyways, I don't care, Jesus knows that. And that he was come from God and went to God. I'm going to stop there for a second, because you would think, you would think at this point, he wouldn't really, if he was like us, he wouldn't really care about those 12 disciples. I got to cross it, we'll do it in a couple of days, it's going to hurt. I got to get my mind set into that thing so I can take that agony and that pain. And I got to get myself set up for that. And, and really, these guys, I've done everything I can. I'm going to dump them off, and, and they'll either make it or they won't. He wasn't that way. You know what he did? He loved them until the end. You know what we got to do is love them until the end. I like over in Isaiah where he sits there and says, how long? He says, till everything's falling apart, burn up, and crashed out, and everything else. And, and when it's all said and done, and I get you out of here, that's when you quit. Brother, I tell you what, the hardest thing you'll ever do is serve and then serve for any length of time. The only way you're ever going to do that is keep your mind in sight right on him. That's it. You got to, on him and nobody else. Otherwise, you'll quit. It's easy to do if you're by yourself. But when you go out and try to help other people, and uh, a lot of people don't, I, I tell you what, I had a friend call me up the other day and he was talking about some stuff I mentioned in Sunday school about being a mission and a missions conference and all this other stuff. And they want to do this, want to do this. I said, have you talked to your pastor? He said, well, I thought I'd call you because I said, yeah, I can tell you some stuff, but have you talked to your pastor? If you don't talk to your pastor, there's a problem. I had a young man come up a few minutes and say, hey, can we talk tomorrow? Sure, man. If you come up and ask me, I'm going to make time for you. If you don't ever ask me, I'm not going to bother you. If, if you want me, you know right where I'm at, and I'll make all the time in the world for you. But if I don't know you need something, how can, there's 100 people, when everybody shows up, we got to have almost 100 people in here. Unless you say something, I don't know. Unless I'm right there with you and I see it and I'm like, you're stupid, man. <laughs> I, I, need to, I need to learn how to have some grace. But you would think Jesus, Jesus would be concerned about what's getting ready to happen to him, but he's not. He's concerned about his friends. John 13, 4 says, he arises from supper, he laid aside his garments, he took a towel and girded himself. And after that, he poured water in a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet. They, they didn't have a clue what he was doing. He was showing them something. He was being an example to them. As I do unto you, you're going to have to do to the others. No, it's not washing feet. So many times we come to church, well, if I just do the Ten Commandments, don't do this, don't do this, don't, I've done good. No, you haven't. Because that's all you did is you were able to do something. That something doesn't matter. You hear me talking about giving. Brother, giving goes far beyond what goes in that offering plate. All far beyond that. If, if that's the only thing you're doing, you're doing very little. That is just one of a thousand ways you can give. And guess what? A thousand ways is what God's looking for. He's looking for somebody who's going to give everything. He'll stop the whole world and say, look at that. Here's a lady. Look at the two mites, man. Had nothing to do with the money. If it had to do with the money, he would have been talking about the people on either side. He's talking about the heart condition of that old lady. That old lady was giving everything she had to him. She was actually giving it to the wrong thing. She was giving it to a Jewish synagogue that was going to spend it wrong. He didn't care about that because the, her heart's intent. My mom says, well, I give money to 
the Catholic Church, and I give money to feed the poor, and I give money for this, and I give money for that, and I give money for this. And I've, I've, I've been wrong. I said, Mom, you're wrong. You're all wrong. Everything you're giving is wrong. Not if her heart's right. If she's doing what she's doing out of her heart for the Lord, the Lord will take that as, a, as an offering in front of her. And you sit there and say, well, no, you're giving us the wrong thing. She doesn't know that. She's just doing what the Lord told her to do. Or she thinks she is. I hope she is. Everything that would have identified him as Jesus Christ has been removed. He's become as one of them. And he starts washing her feet. He lowers himself below his disciples. That's always marveled me. Everybody always thinks you, you climb a ladder of success. And it's backwards with Jesus. It's backwards. You go down. It's, it's, what I'm telling you is hard. The disciples didn't get it. They didn't get it till after he was dead and rose from the grave. They didn't get it. So you know how hard it's going to be for us to get it? The exact same way. You're going to have to say, I want this. I want this. I want this. You know what he's going to do then? Is he's going to put things in your path to show you what to do. And then you've got a decision to make. Crossroads. I'm going to do this or that. And this is going to cost me. This, I'm going to get something. This is going to cost somebody else. Usually if it costs somebody else, you're on the wrong side. I'll tell you right now. If it doesn't cost you, you're in it. He lowered himself before his disciples. He washed their feet, even those that were going to deny him Peter. He washed Peter's feet. And, and Peter's going to deny him. Oh, no, not me, man. You know, I hear people that say it all the time. I'll do this and I'll do this. I'll do this, I'll do this. And they never do it. Never. I like him two boys. Uh, one of them said, I ain't going, man. Father said, go out and field and work today. He said, I ain't going, man. I'm tired of going out there. And that's, that's me. That's me. And the lady said, oh, okay, I'll go, man. I, may, I won't like it, though, but I'll go. The other one said, I'll go, and then doesn't. Which one did the will of the Father? The one that went. So many people say, I'll do something. They, they, they're just words, words. I like John over there. He just he kept saying, words, words, words. I didn't understand what he said for a while, and then I caught it. He told me, he said, Mike, people just say words. They don't mean what they say. They just say it just to say it. And to, to, they think if I just say it, then it's going to stop what's going on. No, it ain't, man. It ain't. You need the action behind it. He washed the traitor's feet. Judas, man, he washed his feet. Go over to 1 Timothy real quick. Man, I got 2.10, 12.10. This is too early. I'm almost the end of my message. But it's okay. It's a good message. I'll tell you what, man. Jesus Christ, you can't follow anybody better than him, and his examples are constantly before you. And he shows you all through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation exactly what to do. And he gives you an example. It's... It isn't that the serpent on the pole, oh, it's a religious artifact. No, the, the Shroud of Turin. Did you see the Shroud of Turin? You can see Jesus' face in the cloud. Well, if you read the account in the Bible, there's a napkin on his face, and then, a, and then the rest of his body was wrapped, so it was two different things. It wasn't one shroud. It was two different things. So if you had a napkin with his face in there, and you could put it over that, it'd be one thing. Maybe. I doubt it anyways, but... But that, they make up this stuff and people just believe it. And then they try to attach re religious significance to it. Uh, 1 Timothy 5.9. Little old lady sitting there, man. I like little old ladies. Ladies are cool. 1 Timothy 5.9. He says, let not a widow be taken into the number under threescore years old. That means you've got to be 60 years old before you can even be counted a widow. Beth will be that next year. This year, she's going to be 60 years older in a couple days. She's going to kill me when I get home. But um, I thought I'd just mention that. Black Friday. No. Hey, did y'all know, I just heard today that uh, 
the uh, uh, daylight saving times is gone. They approved it. It went through Congress. The only thing that they can ever remember that went through Congress and everybody approved. They actually went outside. This isn't your government hard work. They actually went outside and one congressman said he didn't even know what he voted for. And a reporter out there said, why did y'all do this? He goes, do what? He goes, y'all just voted out the, the uh, time thing. And now it's all Eastern Daylight Savings Time. It never changed. He goes, we did? <laughs> Brother, I'm telling you. Well, <laughs> and you trust your government. Here we go. Let me get back to this. Five nine. <laughs> he says, uh, uh, five nine. Let not a widow be taken in the number of under threescore years old, and having the uh, having been the wife of one man, uh, well reported of for good works. If she had brought up children, if she had uh, lodged strangers, if she had washed the, sa uh, the saints' feet, if she had relieved the afflicted, if she had diligently followed every good work. Brother, given is more than just one thing. This lady right here has done a whole, up to 60 years old, she has done all of that, and she's just continually to do it. He says then, she's washed the saints' feet. You know, that, that means helping people today. You want to wash somebody's feet, you don't get out a bowl of water and start washing their feet. You help them. You help them. You help them. You look for somebody to help them, and you help them. Uh, a good life is learning to minister. I don't know about you, man, but I've had a blast, really. I, I get tired. I get tired. I really do get tired. And somebody who has been selfish their whole life and just wanted to get served and served and served and served and served, they'll never understand that. But the drain that you put on a pastor or a minister or an evangelist, you think about an evangelist. Look at, look at a missionary. Let's take a missionary. You send them over to a place like the Ukraine and a war starts out and they got to figure out how to get their family. How many of y'all cared about that? Hey, man, how many of y'all sent money to get them out of there? How many of y'all even come up and say, hey, brother, are we sending money to get them out of there? Are we doing this? Are we doing that? Did you care about the, the 122 hours of time that they had to do to get their family out of there? They left all their stuff and everything else. That's ministering. That's ministering. Most of us will never go through that in our life. And then, then you get somebody, you try to help. Try to help and not get paid for it. I mean, try to help 100 people and see what you, I don't see why anybody would want a church of 1,000. They've got to be out of their mind. Uh, there, there is an arrogancy to that, that, that arena. I mean, I look at Brother Solder and he's like, that's what, that's what they did to him. <laughs> at one time he used to play softball, man. And I mean, he's a very athletic guy, man. By the time he gets up to age, he's done wore him out. Brother, I'm telling you what, Dr. Rubman is amazing. I couldn't believe he even survived like he did, but I think he went out on the hockey court to just, and that's where he got his frustrations out, beating up young guys. And he did it. David, it said David, after he served his own generation, the king served his own generation, he died, 70 years old. The Good Samaritan, I like the Good Samaritan. I always like the Good Samaritan. That guy come down the road, and two other people had seen him, seen that guy laying on the side of the road, and didn't even want to touch him. That guy come along the road, says, oh, man, I got a job. I got a, I got a, I got a prior engagement I got to go to, but man, here's a guy hurting. And he picks him up, puts pulls water and wine and stuff and bandages him up and gets him up on his beast and takes him to a hotel somewhere. Says, hey, uh, would you take care of him? And I can't stay. I, I got a priority. I got to go. But I said, I know I've got him in a good place now and he's going to get taken care of. And you got doctors and everything who can take care of him. I'll pay you whatever it takes when I get back. That man was well known enough in that place that they took his word for it and he went away. And you could bet your bottom dollar he came back and paid the bill. 
They knew him. That wasn't the first time that man ever did that. He didn't just run up on one guy right there. That was it. That man had a life history of that stuff, and they knew it. And, and he probably come down that road all the time. I don't know why anybody would go down the road, man. If you're going to get beat up and banged up on that road all the time, why go down that road? Go find another road. But he'd come, and he'd pick him up, and he'd help him, and he'd help him, and he'd help him. You know what? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a job. Zach hates Zacchaeus. I like Zacchaeus. <coughs> Wee little man. He run up and got up in a sycamore tree where you see Jesus. Well, when he got a hold of Jesus, you know what he did? He went and straightened everything out in his life. He, I mean, he straightened everything, everything. He didn't leave nothing back there. He said, if I've done this, I'll take care of this. If I've done this, I'll take care of this. If I've done this, I'll take care of this. And I'll pay fourfold. I'll do whatever I got to do. I'm going to straighten everything up out. When you meet Jesus, guess what? You get a real good dose of Jesus, you're going to get your life right. Anybody who stays the same has never met him. Or you got such a shallow fellowship with him, you don't even know who he is. That's where the disciples are right now. You got to help. You got to help. Sir, I'm done. Here you go. I, got I, was, I was surfing the other day looking for something. And I found an article that I didn't even think nothing about until I started doing this messages and it popped up. Sir Ernest, Ernest Shackleton sailed a ship called the Endurance, which was a three-mast wooden ship uh, with a crew of 27 men to the Antarctic in 1914. Anybody know that story? Okay. In 1914... Uh, the, it was called the Imperial Trans-Antarctic uh, An Expedition. The ship was bought by Shackleton in, in uh, January 1914. The expedition would be her first and last voyage. A year later, she became trapped in a, a packed ice and finally sank in uh, Weydell Sea in Antarctica on 21 November uh, 1915. All of the crew survived her sinking and were eventually rescued in 1916. After using the ship's uh, boats to travel to Elephant Island, Shackleton and some other men took uh, some other boats and they went down and finally found somebody and when they could get through the packed ice, they actually got back and all the men lived. The wreck of the Endurance was discovered the 5th of March of this year. Nearly 107 years after she sank. The ad to get those men to go onto that ship in 1914 was this. The following ad was occurred in, a London news, occurred in a London newspaper. Men wanted for hazardous journey. Small wages. Bitter cold. Long months of complete darkness. <laughs> Constant danger. Safe return, doubtful. <laughs> <laughs> Honor and recognition in case of success. <laughs> the ad was signed by Sir Ernest Shackleton, Antarctic explorer. Thousands responded. They only needed 27. Thousands responded. Jesus says, I need some volunteers. <laughs> you know what he says? Men wanted for a hazardous journey. Small wages. Bitter cold. You ever worked with some people, man, they're just cold-hearted? Long months of complete darkness. And people just in darkness all the time, man. Men love darkness rather than light. Constant danger, backbiting, stabbing, all that other stuff. Honor, <laughs> safe return, guaranteed. You're coming back home one day. He says, honor and recognition, you'll get because you will succeed. But you won't like it while you're here. 
dad was signed, and he, he wrote this, the guy who wrote this thing said, should God's children do less? Good, should God's children do less? Brethren, you know what? Something, something has happened to us that we look at life like life really means something, and really life doesn't. Brother Travis came over to the house the other night, and we was talking, and he told me, he said, Brother, I'll never forget. I laid two $20 bills down, and I said, Travis, I said, what's the difference between these two $20 bills? And he goes, there's nothing. Well, inflation, I did that to Andrew, but only used dollars when it was Andrew, but inflation happened, so now we got to use $20 bills. <laughs> you can't get their attention on dollar bills anymore. you got to use 20s. Pretty soon it's going to be 50s. But anyways, he looked at the two 20s, he goes, there's no difference. I said, so it doesn't matter how you make it. 20, 20 bucks is 20 bucks. I said, you can spend your life trying to make 20 bucks and waste your life, and when it's all said and done, you're going to stand before Jesus Christ, and you're going to look at him, and he's going to say, I was looking for somebody to go on a journey with me, but I couldn't find anybody. And you're going to look the other way, and the 20 bucks is still 20 bucks, and you say, well, I went after what Jesus wanted. And that's what he told me. He goes, he goes, he goes brother, he goes, I've started something. I need to finish it. And I said, you're absolutely right. You need to finish it. When you finish what you start, then start something else. But if you start something, finish what you start, and then move on from that point. And he goes, you're right. He goes, I'll never forget that. He goes, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, you know what we look for sometimes is glory. These men going up into a cold place. I, would, I never wanted to do a North Atlantic. I was on a ship, and I prayed, oh, God. And we never had to do it. We went down south. We went across the equator. I was down there through the Suez Canal, all that stuff. And a couple times we was getting ready. If I'd have stayed on the Ponce any longer, we'd have been up in the North Atlantic. I did not want it. The water's always rough, people throwing up all over the place. Ah, cold, miserable, just lousy. And these men ready to go. Where is the adventurers that used to? Hudson Taylor going over to China and just going. I mean, takes months to get there. To get, I mean, anymore you can jump on a plane and be somewhere in 12 hours. It took him three months to get to, to there, sometimes even longer for these missionaries to get to where they are. They'd get on these old wooden ships and just go and, and, and trudge across everything to get where we, we've lost something, brethren. We've lost the servant's attitude. You know what these men were doing? They were looking to be, you know, you get on one of those ships and that type of a ship is a miserable life. You don't go on there and say, get a lounge chair over there and say, okay, I'm here, man. I'm going <laughs> to cruise up to there and argue with you. No, these are all working. You went on that ship working. And you knew the wages wasn't going to be nothing, and you were still going to do it, and you may not ever get any glory. They watched that ice pack crush that ship, and it sink. They found that ship in the bottom of, the, I think it was almost 10,000 feet down, and they put cameras around it, and it still looked just like the day it was up there. It got some holes in it where it went down, but the, the, you could still read everything. It said the worms couldn't eat the wood. Usually it eats the wood, because, but the water's too cold, and it's perfectly preserved, and they're not going to touch the ship. They're not going to bring one thing off that ship up because it's a memorial site. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, what about us? What about us today? Jesus washed your feet. You say, he's never washed. Oh, yeah, he's washed yours. And he'd do it again. What he's looking for now is, will you wash somebody else's? Father, I do thank you for today. I thank you for this, this Bible that we hold in our hands. I thank you most of all for you having grace and long-suffering mercy with us that you love us enough that you would teach us out of the Bible and show us example after example. Lord, I pray that you forgive us for being so hard-headed, hard-hearted. But Lord, that you'd open our eyes. Peter eventually got it. Lord, I pray that you'd help us get it. Lord, we don't have much time, and there's people out here who need it. 
they need help, Lord. I wish you'd help, uh, pray that you'd help us to help them. Give us a servant's heart, Lord, and we'll praise you, Nani, in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen.